0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick Flying Solo. And you know, I wasn't planning on doing a podcast episode after this game the game where the Knicks smacked the Warriors 132.94 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, but you know, after having some interesting Twitter conversations and some interesting texts on this, uh, Warriors fan group text I'm on with some friends. It's it's worth talking about for a little bit. It's funny because I think last week I put out an episode loosely titled, like, Have the Real Warriors Arrived? And that was after the Celtics game. And largely, that was just kind of pointing out that after the Celtics game, the Warriors revealed who they can be. Right, wasn't saying that it was going to be smooth sailing all the way or that all of a sudden they were going to be back this world beater team, but they had kind of dug out and shown themselves for the first time. We knew that they could rise up to it, and then you know, just on Tuesday, I put out an episode talking about how James Wiseman could legitimately help this team down the road. And I still believe that, you know, I don't want to overreact to one game, just like I didn't want to overreact to a single win. But, you know, this one was rough. The Knicks are the hottest team in the league. I believe this was their eighth straight win. And like everyone else, they got up for the Warriors and and took it to them, you know? And uh, we knew when Steph went out, I talked about this after the injury, that it was going to be pretty ugly until he gets back, at the very least. So there's gonna be a lot of games lost, and that's something that I have to remind myself of watching these games, because even though you know that and you see the bigger picture, it's really, really easy to watch these games and just be like, oh, man, we're trash, we're garbage and all this other stuff and, you know, blow it up or trade all the young guys for fringe vets, et cetera, et cetera. And I will keep saying, like, I'm not like blowing sunshine <laughs> and I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, I think that this team is not where it needs to be, obviously, but I think the pieces can come together in some fashion. And also, I I believe that if there's a move to be made, it will get made. You know, that's it. I was telling some friends on this group text that, you know, the Warriors overall, this game, you know, look look like trash. But what gives me some, some optimism is that the Warriors, and I've talked about this throughout the season, the Warriors... Uh, rotation one through nine, right? The shortened playoff rotation, which is actually probably shorter, but Kerr likes to go deeper into his bench. And folks have pointed out to me that sometimes he goes 10 deep, right? So the Warriors rotation from one through eight is actually looking more and more solid. We knew it was good one through six, the starters, plus pool. And then Dante DiVincenzo's back, And then Jonathan Kaminga is looking solid. So that's seven and eight. So figuring out nine and a potential 10th person is what I think is really, really important. And I mean, the argument, the 10th person could be Wiseman down the road. You know, in this game, he... He looked okay. He looked decent for a while. He was fighting for rebounds. He was boxed out, all these things. And the Knicks, they have some big dudes. Mitchell Robinson is just as big as James Wiseman. He actually looked bigger than him. I've talked about before how Wiseman, for as strong as he looks, he kind of has narrow shoulders compared to some of the other dudes in the league. And Mitchell Robinson is one of them. Sims Jericho Sims is also a strong dude, a little bit shorter, but really, really strong and athletic. And Isaiah Hartenstein, who's just a very you know, like I kind of like that dude. I liked him on the Clippers last year, and uh, he's a guy that you know is I've talked about Jay Huff on the South Bay Lakers. He's like a uh, Isaiah Hartenstein is like a a souped up version of Jay Huff, right? So he dunked on Wiseman once in the fourth, and it was it was kind of ugly, but whatever. What are you going to do? Wiseman in the fourth looked a little listless. He made more mistakes and, you know, it is what it is, right? Like people are going to watch that and be like, oh, see, he hasn't gotten any better, but he has improved. He has improved in the sense that he's setting better screens. He got called for a moving screen, but that's obviously a judgment call. And we went through all the Andrew Bogut years of moving screens and they decide to call these on on young guys, on rookies, on guys who are just coming up. So it's that kind of call. But I think that he's still showing something. And that fourth quarter, like you just gotta erase that one. Yes, it was lifeless, listless. I was tweeting with someone on Twitter, uh Maz, uh goes by the name at Bay Splash Bros. And you know, he was talking about how the fourth quarter young guys looked really, really sad out there. And to some extent, like the lack of energy was very, very apparent. I felt like John Kamenga was the only guy who was actually playing hard, playing hard to win in a way, down by 30. He was still like going after it. And then, you know, the point that Moses Moody is still lacking confidence and that Wiseman Wiseman has a tendency to get down on himself. So I think it's there. Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins, those guys, they're like completely not ready. They're not even anywhere close to the level as the other three dudes, right? They've barely played. They're just getting a taste of the NBA. And they're in Madison Square Garden. And it was clear that they were just trying to get theirs. (laughs) They were hyped up by the moment. They were shooting shots. Patrick Ball went one for six. Uh, Ryan Rollins was just all over the place. And honestly, it would probably have been better if Jonathan Kaminga played point guard on that squad on that unit than um uh, ryan rollins but it is what it is and those guys don't know how to play together you know i mean Wiseman's played with them but no one was looking for him and it is what it is like it's it's i'm not saying it was great i'm not saying it's not a big deal but like i'm not going to base a judgment based on that performance right because like if you lump kaminga in with that group that's ridiculous kaminga is really, really good. And he's shown how good he can be just because he was a minus 23 on the night doesn't mean that, oh, let's trade him. (laughs) But this was a game where the Warriors didn't have Steph, of course, Andrew Wiggins, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, and Jemichael Green. The first three are really, really important, of course. And I've said that this team without Steph and Wiggins is going to live and die by how Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole play. And Jordan Poole played okay. You know, he played pretty well early on, but his percentages weren't that great. Only eight for 18, two for eight from three, four turnovers. He had some moments where he was getting reckless, sloppy, sped up, whatever you want to call it. He did, however, get to the line, eight for nine from the line, and he ended up with 26 points. Clay in 26 minutes, five for 12, only one for five from three, Four boards, two assists, five turnovers, 11 points, minus 28. As much as people want to just harp about James Wiseman and the uh, fourth quarter and everything, you know, this was just a game where Clay and Poole couldn't carry them over. Like the Knicks are good. The Knicks are very good and they were the better team by far tonight. But one thing people talked about to me was like, You just want to make sure that the effort, the energy, and that the losing don't become the way of the warriors now, you know what I mean? That even though there's going to be a bunch of losses, that uh, that doesn't lead to like these negative vibes or being okay with losing for the rest of the season, for like the next month even, you know, you want to be sure that you're doing the same things and doing all the right things. And that's a very, very valid point you know, and this guy, Mike, made that point to me. And I do agree with that, you know, because you can look and say, I could say, hey, uh, spots one through eight look good. But if the vibe isn't there, then, you know, that could be questionable. But again, you look at the dudes who were on the court in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Kaminga is the only guy who's in the rotation, like legit rotation, right? I'm hoping Moody can get. You know, sneak up into the maybe nine or ten spot. That's pretty debatable right now. I'm I've, ta- I've talked about how I think Wiseman could you know give like Kaminka type minutes from last season, where he would come in just for energy and size and in certain matchups, right? Like five, eight, ten minutes. You know, if you look at this game, you say maybe not, <laughs> but let's let's play it out a little bit longer. So. I'm not going to look at that fourth quarter and be like, oh man, these are the warriors. No, the, the warriors are from, you know, one through eight so far, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, and Jonathan Kaminga. Right. So I'm still good with those guys. Clay is an issue because he hasn't been shooting well, and I was texting my buddy, Aram, in Toronto, and I was like, you know, with the two most in- inconsistent guys on the Warriors this season, uh, at least important guys, rotation guys, Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson, I said, you know, like, I'm not sure which one I get more frustrated with when they're not playing well. And he was like, I think it's Clay. He thinks he gets more frustrated with Clay, And I tend to agree because Jordan Poole can be really frustrating, uh, as if you listen to this podcast, you could tell. but. He can do other things like in this one, he didn't shoot that great, but uh, he got to the line nine times. And usually, Clay, if he doesn't shoot well, he doesn't give you much else. Obviously, he's lost a bit of a step on defense, and he's never been the greatest rebounder or passer. Uh, he had, like I said, four boards and two assists in this one. That's really good for him, right? So, not knocking Clay, but that is a concern. He's obviously. As I've talked about, he's gotten out of his head on some of these things from earlier in the season. But, you know, his his stroke comes and goes. And uh, I think that's something to keep an eye on. You hope that maybe he can find a better rhythm in the springtime as it goes. But you don't know. You don't know. Like, this might be the clay that we have. This might be it. But as long as the rest of those rotation guys are... Locked in, I'm, I'm confident in this team. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That being said, you know, Hey, you want to talk trades? Sure. Sure. You know, a lot of people are like, let's make a trade, let's make a trade. And I'm totally down for practical trade, something that makes sense, but there's a lot of like, just move Wiseman, move Moody, whatever for, for somebody. And it's like, but for who? And you have to look at the contracts and I'm no contract expert. That's not my favorite part of sports to me you have to think about like now and long-term that's whether it's next season or a couple seasons from now in terms of like, who are you trading for? What can they give you? Because if you want to trade for a center, what are you willing to give up? You know, are you willing to give up Wiseman and Moody for somebody, you know, for a Kelly O'Linick? For uh, Jakob Pertl, I don't know. There's been a ton of other names, like, you know, people want Caruso. and we've talked about that before. Vanderbilt, a bunch of other folks. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I get also wanting to have another vet in the rotation on the bench, because as I've said before, I don't think Jamichael Green is it. He just hasn't shown anything. He doesn't seem like one of those guys, like, uh, who's going to, like, he doesn't have like that, you know, championship vibe to him, but I could be wrong. Maybe if he's the guy who ends up like in the 10th spot or 11th or something or somebody in a pinch when guys get in foul trouble, but hey, I'm, I'm all for trades, but like this game stunk. But again, taking a step back and be like, hey, uh, they were missing like a bunch of dudes and I'm not ever going to count Rollins and Patrick Baldwin Jr. as guys I'm going to like analyze on the court just yet. You know? Yeah, they've gone off in the G League, if you weren't aware, right? Ryan Rollins had a triple double, but that's that's a G League, right? But at least at that level, you know he can play. He has something. So development moving forward, he'll be able to give you some those guys played because they needed extra bodies. <laughs> Remember, because of the injuries. So it was not fun to watch, but I don't know. I'm not going to go too far into that uh, that fourth quarter. The the vibes, yes, those are things that Steve Kerr needs to focus on. That he needs to make sure, as coach, he needs to make sure that this team doesn't get used to losing, doesn't accept losing, and that they're constantly like looking. At the bigger picture and looking forward to uh, where this team goes next, but yeah, the Nets game is going to be uh, interesting because it's the second night of a back-to-back, and Steph and Wiggins and Dante DiVincenzo and Jamal Green are all out, and Clay is not going to play, so the only starters available are Draymond and Looney. Looney's going to play because at least a few minutes because he you know wants to keep his streak going of, of games played. Uh, Draymond. Eh, you know, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to sit out of it. I wouldn't blame him if once the game got out of hand, it's like, okay, let me sit. I'll see you on Christmas against against the Grizzlies. But it's going to be ugly. It's potentially ugly. It could also be, hey, let's see the young guy surprise us. But uh, at the end of the day, what I'm looking for and what I said after Seth got hurt is let's see some progress from some of these guys who are trying to crack the rotation. And that to me is the three lotto picks. You know, Kaminga is already in the rotation, like I said. So I'm looking for him to improve and show more of that leadership that I've talked about. And I'm looking for Wiseman to, I mean, he'll have ups and downs, right? He had ups. He had some decent minutes in Philly, barely played in Toronto. Kerr was chasing that win and he got it. This one, he decided not to chase it. And that's why you saw so many minutes from the lotto picks and the rookies. And Wiseman actually had some good moments, but he also had some bad ones. So it's going to be up and down. And just like Kaminga earlier in the season, not that it's exactly the same, he had some ups, he had some downs, and he started having more ups and then uh, fewer downs. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm not claiming any knowledge of the future, but that's what I'm hoping for. I talked to Airman Toronto, who will be on after the Nets game, I talked to him and, you know, he wondered about whether or not I think Wiseman will go back to the G league. And I was like, yeah, totally. You know, he totally could. Why not send him down there? You know, if, if he's not gonna get minutes, but he got minutes, right? (laughs) Like I'm glad Wiseman got 22 minutes in the NBA on national television. He may not have looked great. He may not have improved his trade value, (laughs) but uh, you know, like, it's about getting those reps and playing against some of these uh, dudes is better for him than playing against G leaguers all the time. But if and when it's time to go back, then leave them there, you know, leave them there for a minute. And, you know, hey, I don't know what the Santa Cruz Warriors schedule is, but on the next homestand, maybe you see him shuttle back and forth from Santa Cruz to SF. Sure. Why not? You know, have him play a bunch of minutes in Santa Cruz and have him like play spot minutes or five minutes the next night at Chase Center. I mean, that's what they did with Kaminga and Moody towards the second half of last season. This one was garbage. And again, still feeling those negative vibes of uh, just a bad loss. But, you know, this team isn't where it needs to be. At the end of the day, it's like try to get better, and the ways that you can get better are internal development. That some of these uh, lotto picks that guys like Moody and Wiseman can get sharper. Or honestly, then uh, if that doesn't work, the other way is by adding guys. So that's either trades or the buyout market or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, there's that rumor of Wiseman and Kaminga for Jay Crowder or something. And I, I'm not buying that one. I'm not buying that one at all. I hope not. Like that would, that would shake me to the core. I would take Kaminga and Crowder play the same position. Who would I rather have at this point? You know, I don't think Crowder is going to be, he's hes a little bit different from Kaminga. He's like a, a, a sturdier, more veteran, better shooter, whatever, but that would be an awful, awful trade. Anyway, that's just off the top of my head. But Nets game coming up, hopefully. Like I said, just looking to see how they show out and getting through these rough games it's a rough stretch we knew it we knew it so if you're riding through it cool if it's really really rough for you too rough to handle come back in a month maybe stuff will be back by then who knows but that's why we watch the games you know we watch them to see how these guys can get better and you know this is a game where it's like okay current better realize what he needs to help this team with especially the young dudes and uh uh the young dudes better realize how they need to get better. That's it. Done. You know? And they have the talent, they have the smarts, they have the quote unquote culture and infrastructure, but you know, time will tell. Time will tell and time will tell whether or not by the trade deadline on February 9th, whether or not they need to make moves to accelerate that improvement. Yeah. You know? Anyway, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino